Welcome back, everybody, to episode three of the Exedo Playback podcast, the podcast bringing you the latest industry news, trends, and tech advancements in the OTT and streaming industry. My name is Stanley Auger, and as always, I am joined alongside my colleague and fellow co-host, Neil Van Zyl. Listen, I'm really excited to you know dive into some of the topics, some of the guests that we have today. Um, before we even get into that, though, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, you know, it's a little cooler here in the Toronto area, thankfully, after the super hot, hot start to the summer. So I'm, I'm grateful. You know, we needed some rain. So it's really good to see. As Stanley said, we have some very exciting guests and topics tonight. We have Lucy joining us from Germany and Jose joining us in Sweden. Lucy, do you want to give yourself a little bit of an introduction? Yes, of course. Uh, thank you for inviting us to this podcast. It's actually my first time being on a podcast, so um, I'm a little bit nervous. Um, so hi, everyone. I'm Lucy Chang Nguyen. Um, I was actually part of the iCanDev acquisition. So I was the first employee of iCanDev, and now I'm part of the Exedo team, and I'm very happy to be here. And uh, my role at Exedo now is Business Development Director for Emerging Technologies. So, Lucy, before we get you know into things too much further, can you talk a little bit about iCandy Lab and what the purpose was with the acquisition uh, made by Exedo? Yeah, so um, I think it all started with both companies having the same vision for XR and media. So iCandy started with the vision of augmenting every video experience or media experience with a layer of augmented reality experiences for the users to interact with, uh, with contextual information, right? And um, who would know that a uh, long time ago at a bigger company like Exedo, there was like a champion within the company Le Creuset who was pushing for the same vision. And after so many years working in parallel, I think it was just time to, you know, join the forces uh, working together on the vision and, um, having the big scale of Exedo and the powerful place Exedo is in to really scale that idea and make that vision a reality. And Jose, do you want to give yourself a little introduction and maybe about a bit about the Extend solution? Yeah, so my name is Jose Somolinos. I'm based out of the Stockholm headquarters of, of uh, Exedo. Uh, I started nine years ago in the Hong Kong office, where I also started my Long, long wandering in the desert of XR for nine years, been, <laughs> been, uh, pushing for, for XR, uh, sometimes by myself, sometimes with, with teams. And now I'm happy to have Lucy side by side, uh, pushing for this, trying to make it possible. Um, and then, you know, talking about the, the augmented reality uh, and virtual reality uh, solution that we have created, which we call Extend. This is a proposition that we are launching based on all these nine years of experience, right? We, in, during this year, we have created a number of demos, internal concepts and customer deployments. And all of that combined with my own experience of working on the product department, on the design team. And, um, we have, we have combined all of that into this solution that hopefully uh, we, will meet the requirements of most of the, the, the requirements that the, the customers will have to start in XR. Imagine nine years of working on XR. Like, where, I mean, just before we get into, you know, some of the topic areas, I have to ask about that, Jose. Like, talk to me about what that looked like nine years ago versus where we are. Like, Oof. 
<laughs> I remember the first demo I did, it was uh, three weeks after arriving to Oxido in the Hong Kong office, there was a manager, management meeting where all the, you know, the CEO and the higher management was invited. Uh, and then me together with another developer that, that left the company, who left the company a long time ago, uh, we created a demo that it was on a cardboard device. It was plastic, but it was the cardboard style. Uh, with a phone there, we created a, a Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones experience where we have put a 360 picture that I found on the internet with uh, some PNGs of some of the characters and then a, a basic navigation of the content. And the cool thing is that uh, back in the days, I had one of these um, devices that is called Leap Motion that allows you to see your hands and, and use hand controls to, to see your hands. So we attached that with tape to the front of the cardboard. Then, so, so you were able to see your hands in front of the headset and have the possibility, you know, like to imagine how it will be to interact with hands with the headset. That was nine years ago, right? And, I, and we have videos of that. Michael Lunds, the, the CEO of the company, having you know moving his hand in front of the of the um, of the headset, and uh, thinking that this is really cool, but I don't know how long it's gonna take. I mean, I was thinking, oh, don't worry, next year Apple is gonna release a headset, right? Uh, this next year it became like a mantra that I repeat all over these years until this year finally it is it is reality. It is true. I love it. I love like this mantra was part of I came in a pitch all the time. Like every year since like when we found it in 2017, we're like to all of the investors and customers, Apple is gonna come out with a device next year. Apple is gonna gonna come out next year. So yeah, it's finally reality. Wow! And now now Jose is like, I told you so. Like, <laughs> yeah. okay. I think I think I'm gonna I'm gonna put the this image this video that I created. Uh, all, all, you know, like uh, during this demo, you will see how similar it is to the video that you see from Apple. Okay, this is so the founder, everybody of XR <laughs> in the room today. No, wow, I no, there were many people before before us, of course, right? Like, uh, but when the cardboard, uh, you know, we took the way for the cardboard, and that was kind of a like a, an, an eye opening for everyone. Uh, in the industry saying that with just, you know, being very creative with the technology that we have, we were able to create new ways of navigation, new ways of interacting with content, right? And this is what it, it, it kept me all these nine years, uh, attached to it because I, I saw the potential and I'm happy that now people with the new, uh, Apple Vision Pro, they are able to see in the same way with the same eyes what I saw nine years ago. That's an incredible story, and thanks for sharing that you know journey with us, Jose. Uh, it's been a long time coming, and here we are. We get to talk about it today. Uh, I'm excited about it. I know Neil is. Um, so let's, with that being said, let's get underway here. I'm actually going to direct this towards Lucy. Lucy, I gave a I gave a quick read of your article that you actually posted, um, which is AVP and uh, its impacts on the media industry. Um, very good read, by the way. If you haven't read it already, it's um, under the insights and news sections on the Exceda website. Anyways, I, I, I want to start like really high level here, right? Because this is, this is really new stuff. I, I guess just at a really high level, just talk to me about what Apple Vision Pro is and its stake in Exceda and some of the, you know, some of the things that you're thinking about. Lucy, I, I just want to hear your perspective. Um, and I'm sure this has been a long time coming for you as well. 
Yes, it's a very open question, right? So maybe I just give you my take on what this um, this new device on the market will will do for all of us. So um, as Jose already pointed out earlier, we were all really waiting for Apple to come out with a device, right? We didn't know whether it's going to be an AR device, a VR device, or so-called MR device, um, but we knew they were working on something. And the reason we were all waiting for it is because we know once Apple comes out with something, then they would have put a lot of thought into this, right? And because um, everyone in that industry is already believing that XR is becoming the new platform, right? But going into the stage of a new platform is a lot of work, a lot of effort in in defining a new way of interacting with that, that platform, right? Or a new way of monetizing or building experiences, valuable user experiences on that kind of platform. So probably we were all waiting because we knew Apple would do a very good job in in um in launching a device. And and they did. So and the interesting thing is they were if you really pay attention on the wording, they were never mentioning the words like um XR or like metaverse, right? Like all of these words that are right now um open in the market and everybody's talking, sometimes with a little bit of a negative notion to it. They never mentioned that. The only thing that um that Tim mentioned in the beginning was maybe like, yeah, he believes that AR is gonna be like very important in the future, right? So they really used the term like spatial computing. And this is something that I think is really helpful to the mass market, to the general public to actually understand, okay, what were we all talking about when we actually were talking about metaverse and immersive experiences, right? It's like a new, um, it's a new platform. And this new platform is spatial computing. It's, and the special thing about this is now people understand that spatial computing means the new user interface is your three-dimensional space, right? And Apple gave us a very good glimpse into how these kind of interactions could look like. And I think the most important thing for the general public is to actually see value in that and understand the advantages of spatial computing. And the advantage of Apple is they have an existing ecosystem, right? They have like, they have, we already have their phones, we already have their tablets, we already have like their laptops and computers and, you know, their entertainment platform. And they're bringing everything that we know already to that new platform. So it's familiar enough for us to understand, ah, okay, I already know how to use my phone. I already know how to use Apple TV. I already know how to use my MacBook, right? So it's just an elevated experience from what we already know. And I think that's what they, they do best. Um, and they gave us that new, you know, standards in maybe UI and UX design where the entire industry is just looking at that and saying, ah, okay, <laughs> we've been waiting for that. We can learn from that and maybe we could enhance that or, you know, adapt it to our use. Um, yeah, I think the most important thing is really for the general public to understand what it actually means, spatial computing. Actually, that's a, that's a great final point there. And I want to bounce this back to Jose. Do you want to elaborate a little bit more on what spatial computing is and what makes up what makes it up? I know Jose, uh, Lucy gave a great a great overview, but let's get into it a little bit more if you don't mind. Yeah, that's a, that's a difficult one because Lucy just <laughs> said almost everything. What is spatial computing? 
I can I can comment as well a little bit on, on beginning on, on what Lucy said about being us being very familiar with the platform, right? Um, so one of the main differences compared with other headsets um, is not only the hardware that is a, slightly better or much better, no? That's that's something that ultimately hardware provided OEMs are going to converge into the same thing in the same way that Android and iOS devices are very, very similar. Maybe at the beginning it was iPhone had a a very big advantage, but Android providers created a a new, a new way, uh, to catch up with, with uh, iPhone. And then they share the same type of capabilities right now. But the, the key thing here is that when I connect my Meta, when I connect my Unreal glasses, when I connect my Lenovo and Pico, everything is empty. I need to build up that personality. I need to build up this, my own taste, download apps one by one. I need to create all this ecosystem of apps that Apple right now, if I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I can confess that I don't have a Apple Vision Pro yet, unfortunately, but, uh, I'm sure that if I connect there with my iCloud, everything will be there as I find it familiar. And that's one of the things that it is very important. Meta tried to do the same linking with Facebook, but of course that backfired very badly. Um, they're trying to do the same, you know, linking you your friends and stuff, but it's not the same. There's not the same trust level that, that, that Harris bring in, uh, Meta to the platform than iOS. So, so when we talk about, cause Jose, you've been in the industry for nine years. When we talk about other headsets that have been used previously, um, is, is really that the big difference then is the familiarity when we're talking about, you know, maybe not so much the hardware, but how that's presented sort of to the, the day-to-day consumer, if you will. Yeah. In one of these cases that Apple has created the same product, but redefined it, you know, adding this little extra touch and we did that with, with, with phones, you know, like, a, with the, with the, with the smartwatch, with the tablets, everything, you know, like, a, also even the TV, you know, the Apple TV. Is that this l- l- little extra push of technology quality, you know, the hardware quality and the UI? And the, and the service very polished that makes it completely a new product category. But that doesn't mean that Apple is going to stay like that, right? Um, it will be really unfair to say that Apple has created something entirely new. If you combine, if you look at LinkedIn right now, if you combine all the, all the posts that hardware providers are sharing about, like, you see this, you know, like a navigation model that they, we did it before. You see how they put videos like that. Uh, we did it before and we can talk all over again. There's, there are a few things that are, or very, 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 very few things that are completely new because most of them, they were being researched by Meta, by other, other providers, not Dragon and stuff, right? So the difference that they are making that visible for the, 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 the for the masses. And they are make it uh, desirable. That's the difference. Before it was a geek game. It was something that people were related with just video gamers and geeky people and completely useless because they try a video on a cardboard device ten, five years ago of uh, a skiing slope that make them dizzy. And they thought, oh, this is going to fail, right? Uh, but in the same way that people saw the first iPhone 
with the with the drink the, my beer up or <laughs> or light the lighter and they were thinking i would why in in a billion yeah. years i will have a, a smartphone right uh, and look at that now right so apple is is bringing that familiarity and is going to be for sure the one bringing the content and that's the second part that we can i mean we can talk about a billion years about that but content is is going to be the main trigger for people to want to try that if you don't have the right amount so the right quality of content and something that relates to you you're never going to want want to put the headset for more than five minutes but if you have me for example as a formula one uh fun if i if i get the possibility to have a a, a, pit, a pit wall uh view with all the different cameras all the different uh metadata attached to it maybe even able to jump to different positions of the of of of, of the circuit then definitely i will pay for them and i will spend two hours there um, that's kind of what apple can bring let's tap into uh the i guess media component of that a little bit more how does the apple headset vary from previous headsets when it comes to things like just even tv watching experiences or social viewing experiences lucy do you want to comment on that Yes, so I think um, to many people's surprises, um, Disney was announcing that they're going to be available on Apple Vision Pro from day one, right? Um, I think that's going to have like a huge impact on the entire media industry. And I think we can we can talk to a lot of XR companies out there and also as Jose and all of the iCandidate members. Everybody was pitching that exact concept to all of these media companies already. So we can even dig into our, you know, G drive folders and pull up mockups that show maybe the exact same thing, right? But now Apple is doing that. Apple brought Disney Plus to Apple Vision Pro. And now is the time really for all of these media companies out there to really understand, okay, there is a new play for them. So spatial computing is a new platform for media companies or a new, yeah, a new platform for them to bring their content to customers and their audiences. So I think this is going to um, be a trigger for all of the conversations that we already have to revive them and help all of these media companies understand how they could actually accomplish what Disney Plus did on Apple Vision Pro, but not only you know, to launch, for example, their own OTT and streaming platform on any kind of XR device, but really to work on a long-term content and hardware strategy for all of these companies to understand what needs to be done on their side um, and who are the partners that they should work with, like Exito, to help them along this journey. Now, personally, I haven't watched any type of video streaming on XR, but I'm curious to know, like, is this the first sort of, you know, streaming that you can do on, on an XR platform? Like, is this, is this the first time that we're seeing something of this scale? Jose is shaking his head uh like you know I just think Disney plus and just how big that is like what type of a you know tactic that is um but Jose pl please explain no I mean from from the days of Oculus when Meta was called Oculus right like they, they launched a pl uh, platform inside their their own platform called Oculus TV and it was the same proposition it was you were watching TV on your living room on 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 a specific living room created for you very fancy as well and then the goal was that you know any video 
provider could could do a a transfer of of, of their existing application created in Android TV uh, and and port that into Oculus TV with very few changes, right? And Accelerate was was helping was helping Oculus at this time to create to bring some of these content providers to the platform, right? But that didn't stick because of different reasons, right? Like at first, you know, like a content providers uh, were not uh, yet into XR. Uh, the flat video use case was not yet done by Apple. So as I mentioned, not made desirable before it was like a curiosity, something useless. Uh, I'm, I was, you know, like a, we were pitching that all, all over the place and people were like, why, why people will watch that on a, on a headset having, having a TV. And me, these words were resonating with, were resonating with the same ones that I was listening in 2010 when we were bringing the first OTT apps to, to the mobile. And they were saying why people would like to watch on a mobile instead of in a TV. And now mobile is the main video platform in the world, video consumption platform, right? So in the same way, people change habits, generations grow. And, and, and then we do things differently, right? And when we are proven wrong, even, uh, even the CEO of Apple said it very recently, you know, if, the, if a good idea makes you, makes you think uh, twice, I mean, makes you think again, why not embracing it, right? So I think that, that yeah, this is the, yeah. the way that, uh, that we're, that we're having now. Yeah. Well, I don't think your life's work is useless by any means, Jose. And it's, Great to see the fruits of your labor finally paying off. Okay, let's let's take that a step further then. So, um, why does why does it make sense now? Useless versus okay, now it makes sense. What's been the transition? And you know, I see Disney Plus with this, and I think we've heard the word sort of gimmicky, or you know, it doesn't really make sense. Why does it make sense now? I would say that I mean the, the Apple. Brand is what people believe, you know, because they know they are familiar with the, with the tablets and they know how perfect they work. So they port all this knowledge that they have about the, about the, the, the platform and they trans, they, they use that into, they imagine how these headsets will work. People that have already tried it for real, they say, yeah, that they are, they live up to the expectations. So the headset is very, very good. I understand that before. You know, the difference was maybe a little bit less quality. Yeah. More, you know, less resolution, worse audio, but the proposition was the same. I come back to the same content is the most important. If you know that you're going to have all your Apple TV content there, you're going to be able to watch it on, on a big screen on a very high resolution screen with spatial audio. If you know they're going to have the high quality Disney content with some Never, never before seen interactions with your favorite characters and documentaries. People are curious to know about that. It's just that before there was not enough investment to create it. So Apple hasn't, hasn't developed that yet. I'm pretty sure, but they are setting that proposition to couple with the quality. And I think that this is the, what makes the difference. Lucy, I don't know if you have any, any other view on that. I mean, I echo everything that you're saying, right? Um, the, it's a good question to ask, like, why now, right? Why not a couple of years before or maybe a few years later? Um, we believe now is really the time for every 
business to think about their XR strategy because XR is coming and to stay relevant for your customers, at least you have to, maybe you don't start implementing something yet, but you have to understand what spatial computing means and what kind of benefits it could bring to your own business, right? And especially when we are here in this media entertainment business um, and now again, seeing Disney Plus making the first step into this, all of these, you know, entertainment or immersive entertainment um, experiences and ideas, everything that you're seeing, that short clip of um, Disney Plus on Apple Vision Pro, right? All of these things now come to reality because we've been pitching these ideas, but we had the problem of, okay, there's not a hardware piece out there that's being accepted by the mass market. And content um, companies, media companies, are not investing much into XR content production. And now with Apple and Disney triggering this momentum, everything is happening at once. All of the OEMs out there, and there are so many posts <laughs> on LinkedIn and everywhere around the world saying that OEMs are, you know, really looking into how Apple is doing things and they're revisiting their own plans and making changes to their own uh, headsets and maybe delaying their launch just to be, you know, updating what they have been working on to be on the same level, at least at the same level, what Apple was bringing out there, right? So there's a lot of um, momentum on the hardware side where they're putting a lot more investments into into hardware to make that accessible to mass market. But now also the media companies understand, okay, spatial computer is going to be a new platform. Now we have to think about our midterm and long-term investments. So this is a time for for us and for everybody to really define these strategies, which we've been pitching for a long time. But now is the time when we could actually take action and help them understand, okay, Apple Vision Pro is one of the devices, right? Like this is maybe the start. I mean, there have been other devices out there too, but this is the start for us to think about it. But after Apple Vision Pro, there's going to be so many other hardware devices that are coming um, maybe at the same level, same what, what Jose just said, right? Like about iPhone. iPhone came out, it was like revolutionary with the, you know, the touchpad. But then maybe Samsung came out with a, with a, with a product that was comparable at another price point. And that's going to be the same thing that's going to happen with Apple Vision Pro. So there's going to be a lot of, um, a lot of other hardware coming out. So we have like more of a selection as mass market customers, but also for media companies to, to evaluate. And now media companies have to, you know, embrace their journey and think about what can they do to provide to their own audiences and learn as early as possible. You mentioned uh, something there that was interesting. It was XR kind of had a bit of an abstraction to it previously to this announcement. There was uh, just a bit of uncertainty around some of that. And I know you mentioned that in a recent LinkedIn post of yours, how your family didn't really understand what you were doing before. But uh, do you want to talk about that a little bit more? Maybe there's a bit of a clearer picture for XR and its use cases now. Okay, so um, yes, happy to talk about that. So uh, I come from a very traditional Vietnamese family and our bread and butter business is, you know, restaurants, right? So naturally, your family just wants to like, and we're like first, um, first generation immigrants. My parents, they came to Germany, they started their business and naturally they want their kids to, you know, embark on the same journey, right? Um, but I did not. And then I started to work on something that was like completely new. 
Um, and we started in 2017. I mean, like later than Jose, but still, it was like early at that time, at least for the mass market. So when I tried to explain to them what we were doing, and we were, and mostly when I explain, I take the sports viewing experience as a as a use case, right? Because I thought, okay, maybe it's like the most or the easiest use case to understand. But they wouldn't understand it because when I explain it, I only had my phone to explain it, right? So I would be, okay, so this is the mobile AR experience. So the first question would always be, but why should I hold up my phone to interact with AR content, right? It's a very legit question. And the my uncle who asked that question already got that idea. So he understood the use case, but he didn't understand the form factor and it's legit, right? So they were, so were the, they were like just asking why, why would people spend time on working on something like this? Because it seemed gimmicky. And, um, now with Apple coming out, I can actually really just show them the video. I haven't done it yet because I haven't, <laughs> I haven't seen them after the announcement, but I'm going to show them the video and I'm very sure they will be able to understand what we've been talking about because it's an environment that they understand. They see like the same UI design that they already see on their smartphones, right? And the way also the storytelling of Apple will help them understand, you know, what we've been working on. And uh, it now all makes sense, I hope, to them. And hopefully they'll be like, yeah, routing, Lucy, continue what you were doing. <laughs> I can I can really I mean this really resonates with me because l last week I was on 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 two events in uh, in in Singapore and in Mumbai and we were presenting to our customers you know what are what are the new things on XR and that that came very handy that the uh, Apple presented that just a couple of days before the first event and of course the first thing the first the first two slides that I put it was two videos of Apple. With the cases that, with the use cases of, of video experiences. And for me, these two minutes were worth before like a 20 minutes of explanations about why XR is so cool. And now with just two minutes of video, my job is, is very easy, right? It's like, okay, where do we sign in the contracts? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I, um, I mean, it, it sounds like the first domino has fallen, right? Let's talk about what that means going forward in terms of video streaming. So, I mean, I've got a whole bunch of questions I can ask from this, but what do we think other video providers are going to do and what type of experiences that they weren't getting on traditional video platforms, what, what are they getting now? What can they look forward to? Video experiences, until now, when they were hearing about XR, they were thinking that that was like a, a new screen. They were thinking, uh, I'm doing my Roku app, I'm doing my Fire TV, my web, iOS. Why not XR? But then when you were sharing with them the numbers of the, the devices that were available on their market, they were really reluctant to invest because we were talking to product, product owners and they were, they were thinking in terms of eyes in the content, right? They were like, a, I need as many eyes as possible because this is going to drive subscription this is going to drive engagement and at this at this moment on time and probably in, in still many months to come this is not going to get mass market yet video companies need to understand that this is a new paradigm this is something completely new that will make them 
grow in a different level. In the same way that video companies pass from a set of boxes and satellite and cable to OTT, and they brought a new number of businesses and people working in different type of partnerships, different type of monetizations, it created a new branch of the company. So in the same way, this special computing or metaverse or XR, whatever we want to call it, is going to bring the same type of growth. And especially if we are talking to operators, operators are traditionally in between everyone, in between people. They are the connecting people, no? They are the, we take that Nokia old uh, slogan. They were the ones bringing the phone. They were the ones bringing the television. They were the ones bringing the DSL or the internet, and now the smartphones, right? And the connectivity with the smartphone. And so this quadruple play has been there playing a role, and they were, you know, like a, being the, the spider on the net. But for a long time already. The, the competition with each other is being on marginal gains. So right now, uh, an operator, yeah, they, they have this super important tournament content for this year, but next year they're going to lose it. They're going to get another one. Uh, the package for internet now, instead of being 10 gigabytes, is 50 gigabytes at this speed, and no one cares anymore because it's too too it's, it's too fast for what you need, right? So. The competition has a very marginal gain. So what we are telling our customers is that this new special computing with the new ways of monetizing, the new partners that are going to bring, the new content production that is going to be used, and the new way to interact with the users and give them a space, even if it's virtual, it's going to be a, a virtual space where the users are going to be able to collaborate and interact within each other, with the content, and with the brand. This is going to bring two digits growth again to operator. This is going to be the quintuple play, hopefully. So the operators and the, and the other media industries, when they need to start, is to start now. It's better to start fast and grow than wait another two years and see how, how it happens and then, uh, and then do the investment. Because by then, probably new, new, uh, players in the game are going to maybe take advantage and go and grow faster than they do. What I would also like to add to this is, um, I mean, this, when we're talking about spatial computing, this is like an entire new platform, which also means we have like a new user interface, right? Before, when we're talking just about streaming on TV, on your phone, on your tablet, you have like a very specific limited real estate, right? You have like your 2D screen. Now you have like this three dimensional space in your audience's home and this will make media companies rethink their entire new about content production in an entirely new way because now you're not only producing for this limited you know square <laughs> your movie but you can actually think about more than that how can you elevate the storytelling of your you know 2d screen with the entire real estate that you have around that 2d screen now you can enhance it by you know giving access to 3D models or, you know, um, branching narratives around a TV screen or additional information. Uh, you can have like new forms of, um, storytelling basically where not the main screen is one story, but you could leverage the entire user interface across the user space to add additional content to it as well. 
And then it also opens up new ways of monetization because now, when, well, back then when we talked about mobile or web, we had like, you know, new forms of monetization by simply having these advertising banners on a website, right? Now we have like a three-dimensional space in a person's room. How can we leverage that real estate to integrate advertising or product placement, maybe in a less intrusive way or in a gamified way, but there are new technologies and new user interfaces in real estate that companies could leverage to create new storytelling and experiences in media. So I think there's a lot to think about because we haven't tapped into that interface even yet. You know what's interesting is you use the word storytelling and the partnership with Disney and Apple actually kind of makes sense now, right? Something that Neil and I, and I'm sure other listeners are very interested in as well, are sports. And how do you create an engaging experience with that? Uh, Lucy, I, you know, I heard you allude to that as well. Talk to me about sports. Like what can, you know, somebody who's watching a sport experience, what that, what might that bring? What might that look like with this type of experience? Um, again, I would refer to the video. <laughs> no. Um, if you look at that video, right? that Apple Vision Pro and actually um, Disney, it was part of Disney's clip, you would see this immersive interface around you. So you have like your your virtual screen or maybe even like your physical screen where you have your sports broadcast as, as usual, right? You're familiar with that. But then all of the data, the statistics, game statistics, player statistics, team statistics, everything that you before that you were consuming on your second screen device on your mobile phone in parallel to your main broadcast, you have it now all at once in front of you in your spatial room. And that's what I meant by, you know, leveraging the new three-dimensional interface, which is now really a computing interface to fill that with valuable information for the user. The future experience would be you would be able as a user, as a sports fan, to customize and personalize your entire space around your TV screen or your or your sports broadcast. You can select what kind of statistics you're interested in. You don't have to look down to your phone and up to your screen anymore. It's all around you in one space, in one interface, basically. So you have this enhancement. And, and right now, maybe it seems like an information overload, right? Because you have your broadcast and you have like a lot of information around you. Um, and this is, and this is, and this is the point. The media companies or everyone actually now has to learn what is the perfect balance of a valuable user experience, right? Like, do you really want to have like this overload of the statistics or would you want to allow your customers to personalize the widgets or modules that they are interested in? What's the perfect way to visualize data in 3D? All of these things we have to start learning now because otherwise, yeah, I mean, it's a natural evolution. We're going to get to that part. You, you know, what's funny is my, my one friend, uh, he's found a solution to this and that is buy more TVs and have them in his man cave. So I can just think about some of the cost savings that he would have if he had uh, one of these sorts of devices anyways. Yeah, I would like to, com to compliment what Lucy said. And now I'm going to put the hat of the old UX designer that I've been that uh, started working on, on print and then moved to, to web, webmaster, if you remember this type of uh, naming, and then uh, to mobile and everything. And, and it's always the same type of transition, right? Like we take what we know and we push it into the new platform, right? For the web, it was like a taking the newspapers and just 
copy paste there. And then we start realizing that new patterns emerge and, you know, like a, a cleaner ways to navigate and stuff. If you compare a website from early 2000s to one now, it's like a nothing, nothing alike, right? The same way happened with the touch screen. At the beginning, there was like a, the same websites. And then because we have all this space on the screen, we were adding more and more stuff and multiple buttons, multiple features and, and swipes left and right and different layers of interaction, right? Until we realized that vertical scrolling was working very well. And then the, simple, the most simple the, the experience, the better, right? And right now we're living this new transition that is even more complex because it's from, it's not only interactive, but it's also a new different dimension. At the beginning, yeah, we're going to see the same patterns that we have right now. And the, I'm really happy to see that Apple use this, this approach of having like a flood, the same flood UIs that we're having right now on, on the iPads and phones. Not only because this is going to be more familiar for the people that are going to use that and they're going to be used to the, interfaces are going to be intuitive from day one also it's going to be easier to create for for designers but this is going to be a transition period and it's going to it's going to last we're going to all learn how the interactions is going to be in in, in from here from five ten years and probably hopefully it will look completely different to what we look now one of the things that uh, you know i've been working in the innovation department for a number of years as well right here at Axel. We have been you know, trying to, to see what's next, what, what's going to be the ultimate user experience, right? One of the things that now with the AI trend is coming as well is the, uh, the voice UX. You know? Why do we need to have navigation if you can have, if you can have, you know, if you can direct what you want directly, you know, and have a conversation with someone? And then I'm sure with the VR screens that we're going to have now, with the, with the virtual screens that we're going to have, we're going to be able to put a body to Siri into the, into the voice uh, assistance. And even I uh, have a, con a concept that I created and I presented for, I don't know which context about Flix, the smart assistant of Netflix. And that assistant is guiding you through games to find your content. And even at the end, is watching the, the content with you and making jokes if you wanted to, right? And that assistant can 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 take multiple shapes. It depends if you're a kid, if you're a fan of a of a, of a different TV show or not. You can have th that assistant could be promoted. You no, know? like now you have the new Avengers movie, so the assistant can can take the Avengers uh, shape and interact with you. This is gonna come. We cannot start day zero with that because people might be surprised. But as a UX uh, designer, uh, I'm looking forward to be part of that. I'm looking forward to redefine how the industry is going to create the new patterns for, for interaction with content. That's a great point. Um, we've talked a lot here about the user experiences, but let's uh, go a little bit further than that because... Um, we have all these different types of content providers that are going to be looking to build these experiences. Now, what sort of tools do you need for that? So how do you build XR experiences and how does it vary between platforms, right? I mean, Android has AR core, uh, iOS has AR kit. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Definitely. And this is, this is something that, uh, as I was mentioned at the beginning, our extend solution tries to address because our company has almost 20 years uh, old, right? And we have been going through all the transitions that the content owner operators and broadcasters have been passing during, during these years. And 
one big one great example to to create a, a parallel system is about the smart tv market uh, back in the days uh, the smart tv wanted to be smart right they, they didn't want to be attached to a box anymore anymore so they wanted to have their own um os so they started creating you know web os for lg and samsung tizen and sony and and all of them and then the content its owners and the operators were coming to 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 us with a big problem like saying i don't have 20 engineers to create all this platform for them all so axido but it did back in the day created an sdk called xdk very very, <laughs> very creative uh, that until now we still use and that is like a, a native way to create apps once and develop that to all the different platforms uh, and based on that experience as i said you know, the extend is is based of all the experience, all the collaborative experience of the company during all these 10 years and 16 offices and I don't know how many people. We are, we are creating the same paradigm. We are, we are taking, we are reducing the complexity for the customer. So in such a way that we are creating everything in Unity and we bring the different frameworks that are required to support all these platforms. As you say, for iOS and Android, you will need core, core AR and AR kit. You will need OpenXR. You will need the native platforms, uh, uh, you, for example, for his, uh, the Snapdragon, uh, Qualcomm chipsets, you will need the Spaces, uh, SDK and, and so on, right? So we're bringing all, all these frameworks together and we're creating our layer that makes communicate them in between them all. So this is for the technical, how to push the button and create all the different apps. We, we are, we are abstracting that complexity. After the second part that you mentioned, the content, how to start, you know? It can, I, I understand I can feel very daunting saying, oh, wow, I need to invest a lot of money to produce VR content, to produce 3D models. Um, but exactly our proposition extend, what it, what it helps is to start with what you, what the customer already has. In this case, they have a website. They have a, already an application. It could be under TV, could be web that we can very easily port into XR very easily so there's no upfront long investment nine months of development we can really bring it in and then we can add different add-ons that once again they don't need big investment it could be as simple as a web view it could be as a simple metadata integration for sports that they already have it could be they have multi multi-camera streams they have uh, they have uh, auto-generated highlights that are created on on, on the spot and they have the API to access those, we can bring them in very, very easy. And then the customer just need to, to publish that on the name. And then the users will have something that we believe that is better than the current experience on, on, on TV, right? And this is a good way to start. Then after, once they have tested the waters and they understand, oh, wow, this has a great potential, then we can start creating more advanced 3D engagement experiences together with sponsors, for example, we can create like a more futuristic navigation ways, or even if the, if the content owner wants to test, they can do 3D or, or VR video productions, and then bring this new, you know, like immersive layer of video content into the platform. But this is not necessary. This is a second stage. First stage is try it with what you have today. And this is what I think that our proposition extend 
is very valuable. This is why at uh, recently at the uh, NAB, uh, this proposition won an award for the IABM awards. And we are really proud of, of about that um, because I think it resonates very well. To start in XR, you don't need a huge investment. You can start now if you want. Incredible. Thank you very much, Jose. I want to be a little mindful of your time here. I know it's uh, late for you too. So I'm just going to ask you one more question to both of you. What are you guys going to do this weekend? You've been flying nonstop for a couple of weeks. I'm sure you're exhausted. Are you just going to sleep the whole time? Me? So um, I'm definitely going to have a glass of wine and I'm not going to start at a weekend. I'm going to start tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I have friends coming over. We're going to barbecue. It's been a really long time. So to barbecue in my garden. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna have a great time. And I'm doing pottery. Handcrafting is still important, guys. Even virtual worlds are important. You still have to do something with your hands. <laughs> Wine and pottery, that's a pretty good combination. Yeah. Awesome. That sounds very good. Here in Stockholm we have uh very nice weather, so I'm gonna probably go with my wife on the lake and uh and just refresh because I came back from from India this Monday and next Friday I'm flying again to australia and new zealand so this this is going to be my weekend to have some rest well yeah um, like you guys have both mentioned it sounds like there's a lot of traveling going on um and with that being said i just want to say thank you one final time for taking the time to join us on the playback podcast today i'm sure you're both busy like i said the domino has fallen i'm sure that looking in the future things aren't going to be slowing down Jose, the nine years are finally going to pay off here. <laughs> Not that they hadn't before, uh, but congratulations, you know, on, on that end, on sticking through it. And uh, Lucy, I know that, um, you know, there's lots of travels uh, taking place on your end. Thank you again so much. Uh, any closing remarks or anything else that our listeners should know? Thank you for having us. We'd be happy to chat on another podcast very soon when there's another major announcement coming Absolutely. up. And maybe there's an announcement from our side too. So, um, yeah. It was really exciting to to be on uh, on this episode. Thank you, guys. Yeah, same here. It was really a pleasure. Looking forward for the next one. We'll uh, be attaching uh, some of Jose and Lucy's most recent blog posts to the episode. So if you guys want to read a little bit more, please check that out. Also, feel free to follow them on LinkedIn. They're great follows. They have very inter- great insights. Thank you once again to both Lucy and Jose for joining us on today's episode. If you have any ideas for future episodes, or if you just want to reach out to say hello, send us an email at playback.podcast at exceeded.tv, or you can reach out to us directly on LinkedIn. Until the next episode, have a great rest of your week, and thanks for listening.